Welcome to the voiceover hustle. If you're in the business, you know, voice acting is tough. Marketing your voiceover is really tough. If you're a voice actor who wants advice from industry professionals, marketing experts, and people who hire voice actors, this is the podcast for you. Now here's your host, Steve O'Brien. Before you can sell your services, you need to market to find clients. Well, before you market, you need to generate leads. So in essence, you need to know who you're going to be marketing to. Our guest today can help you with that. She is a full-time voice actor, opera singer, and lead generation expert. She has worked with clients like Square, Lexus, Pandora Jewelry, LinkedIn, Deloitte, and others. She's also the creator of the course Lead Generation Blueprint. Nadia Marshall, welcome to The VoiceOver Hustle. Thank you so much for having me on the show. We are excited to have you on here. And what can you tell me about about marketing? Is it like VoiceOver where in VoiceOver you have to have talent? Or is marketing more of a skill? Is it hard work? Where, where do you put it? So I would say in general, probably hard work a little more so than talent, but only because marketing is such an umbrella term. So we have different kind mm-hmm. of subsections of marketing, mm-hmm. if you will. So let's say we put email marketing or lead generation or content creation. Those are all different kinds of marketing. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to something like lead generation or email marketing, I think it comes down to hard work and specifically consistency and discipline. Mm -hmm. So I'd say it doesn't necessarily need to have talent in order to do so. But when it comes to something like content creation, I think a little sprinkle of talent is needed Mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to be creative or you want to make it just a little bit different. Or you want to personalize that email you're sending to your client. You put a little sprinkle of talent in there and, you know, make it your own. But I think if I had to choose between the two, probably hard work more so than talent for marketing. But I think, you know, we can't help ourselves. We're creative people. So we'll put a little <laughs> a little dash of talent in there just because. So is the secret sauce to this um, being diligent and having a good plan? I would say so, yes. I think... It doesn't have to be the most advanced plan ever, but I think consistency, you know, some may, some may say like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to really crush it this week and Mm -hmm. send a hundred emails and maybe they do really well on Monday and then maybe by Tuesday they're like kind of falling off the slope a little bit and then all of a sudden by Wednesday they're so burnt out. They're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Whereas if instead you say to yourself, I'm going to do at least five a day, which Maybe let's say you do it for every weekday. That's a grand total of 25. Compared to 100, you might think, oh, well, that's nothing. But if you stick with that and it becomes a routine and you do that for the whole year, mm-hmm. that's more, in my mind, more efficient than it would be to just, okay, I'm going to get 100 emails done. I don't care how much it takes. It's not going to be as fresh. It's not going to be as, you know, you're not as invested in it. Instead, you're just sort of going through the motions mm-hmm. rather than, when you have a routine established, yes, you are going through the motions, but I think, again, that little bit of creativity can still seep in and mm-hmm. keep it, you know, personalized to that person you're reaching out to and keep it more easier to connect with the person. Because let's be real, we get so many emails a day or we get so many connection requests a day. When it's that little bit of effort that's put in, we notice it. So 
I think, yeah, you can have a basic plan, even if it's just I'm going to get X amount done a day for five days. That's that's all you need. So when you say about personalize, I mean, we're not talking about writing a whole new script every time when you're you're reaching mm. out to lead mm-hmm. generation. Um, how do you personalize things just just enough so that it seems genuine? Sure. I mean, developing a template for yourself, however you want to do so. You know, maybe you have your little, I'm a professional voice actor and here's all my, you know, I have a broadcast home, broadcast quality home studio. I can provide XXXX for you. Um, you know, you can see my demos and samples on my website. You know, you have your little, you know, paragraph that you have that is a template, essentially. But then you might have one or two sentences that might be something like if you're reaching out, say, to someone on LinkedIn and you notice that they happen to go to the same college that you went to, mm. it could be like, oh, well, what years did you attend XX University? I went there, too. Like, go whatever the mascot is. You know, that's still personalization that makes it just that little bit of extra attempt at connection. So it can only be one or two sentences. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be crazy. But I, I live by my templates, especially for emails and for LinkedIn messaging. I love my templates. How many templates do you think is necessary? Because you're going to do the initial, but you're also going to do follow-ups too. Exactly. I think at least, like you said, the the initial reach out, the follow-up, and maybe I like to also have like a reconnecting template. So let's say it's a client that I worked with maybe eight months ago, and I just want to reach out and check and see how they're doing. I have like a reconnecting template, like, hey, I hope everything's doing well at this company. What's new with you? You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think... Three, three is good. Three to four is good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you can always customize them according to the situation. Right. Exactly. Right. So what are like three to four key things or attributes that you think are needed to market well? I really like this question. <laughs> uh, I think we mentioned this before. I would say, you know, some form of discipline or commitment, I think, is is essential uh, I think also you really need to know who you are, like your what some other marketing terms like your brand market value or your market value. What can you provide for that person that you're reaching out to? How can you solve their problems? You know, you need to know who you are as well. So I think knowing that side of things, like knowing your brand market value, your niche, whatever you can offer. And then I would say efficiency because, you know, we run – obviously our businesses, but then we're human beings with other obligations, right? We have maybe family, we have personal obligations mm-hmm. or hobbies or whatever, that we need to be able to be efficient with our marketing too. So whether it is through templates, whether it is through a CRM, whether it is through outsourcing some of these tasks, mm-hmm. if you're efficient with your marketing, it's going to be more effective, Rather than if you spend your whole day trying to personalize and make like the absolute perfect email and you already wasted 45 minutes on it, that's 45 minutes that could have gone in a more efficient way, you know, making instead of just one email, it could have been five emails Mm -hmm. or it could have been 10 emails, depending Mm -hmm. on how quick you are. So I think it comes down to discipline. I think it comes down to knowing who you are and it comes down to efficiency. So it doesn't have to be war and peace, masterpiece that um, you've you've worked on all day long and it's quite the tome and, you know, it can be something, you know, a paragraph or two, tops. 
Yes. Yes. I mean, when I see an email and it's quite a long email, you kind of are like, okay, I got to buckle up and read this, right? (laughs) And I think when you're reaching out to someone, you know, that you don't know, it's a little bit like, whoa, okay, I don't know who this person is. I don't know what they're, whereas if it's a short, brief message, they're like, oh, well, I want to continue the conversation, right? We want to continue the conversation, not have a one-way conversation. So, you know, I always like to say, if you feel like you might be oversharing, guess what? You're oversharing. So edit yourself. Yes. <laughs> they don't need to know everything you've done in your life. They don't. No. Leave some mystery. Leave leave a little bit of mystery because we're interesting people. So let them be like, well, when did you start doing this? Or, oh, I didn't know that you also did pottery. That's so cool. You know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Leave a little mystery to be something to be desired. So Take me through what, like, um, how would you measure the marketing that you do? How do you, after marketing for so much time, how do you measure the success of it? I think it could go one of two ways. You could go the very, you know, data analysis route and say, okay, I sent 100 and I got a response rate of, you know, 10 to 15. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be a good indication. Any response for me is a positive response. Mm -hmm. Whether it is we're not interested in voiceover actors at this time, then I know I'll never have to contact them again. Like they're, you know, I'll market in my CRM. Okay, they're a dead lead. Let's not bother them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, oh, we'd love to add you to our roster. Or, oh, thanks for sending your contact info. We'll let you know when something comes up. That to me is might not be as easier to read on paper, but that is how I know I'm doing well in my marketing. In opera, I am so used to daily rejection. I am used to either never receiving a response or I receive what we call a PFO, a please F off letter. (laughs) Uh, Then we get of like, oh, we had way too many applicants and we don't really need you right now. So I'm used to just rejection all the time from that side of, Mm -hmm. of my career that any sort of email back from a potential, you know, or a prospect or potential client is exciting to me because then I'm like, oh, finally I can like have a connection or a response. So you could do the data analysis route and say, I'm going to look at purely the numbers. Or if you aren't worried about the numbers, but you're worried about, you know, I want to make sure we establish a connection first that I feel like I'm really establishing a relationship for the future, then you can focus on that. So whichever side of your brain, whether it is right side or left side, that fits well with that, I'd say that could be a good way to measure how well you're doing. Uh, you mentioned earlier that people start on Tuesday and they're excited and by Friday they're like, oh, this isn't working. I mean, I, and I understand that because we're we're in a society that wants immediate results. How long should yes. you work at this before you should expect to see any kind of results? Oof. I think that is that is that is hard to judge because yeah. there could be some people who you happen to email them at the exact perfect time and you get an immediate response and you feel like you feel on cloud nine. You're like, I won the day, you know, <laughs> move aside. But there are some times where you have sent initial emails and follow up emails and I'm in the studio for this holiday, you know, oh, I'm away for this vacation and you have still never heard anything. That's a hard line because I've heard of some people who have continued to contact leads for years until they finally said, hey, well, perfect. We have a job for you. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit of the long game, a little bit of of patience. 
Um, so you kind of have to practice your virtue. But I would say if they have not said, please do not contact me ever again, <laughs> that still means that you can email them. Yep. If they haven't given you the PFO, which is the opera equivalent to, it's not you, it's me. Yes. Um, then, exactly. Then exactly. Keep if they do not something. give you a PFO, yes. Mm-hmm. Stick with them like glue. I love that. Well, tell yes. us uh, a little bit about the program that you've created. It's called Lead Generation Blueprint. Yes. So, Lead Generation Blueprint is a six, currently six module course which walks you through different methods to find leads through, say, a search engine like Google or Bing, through LinkedIn, all the different ways you can find leads on LinkedIn, and all the social media platforms that I think most of us use. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Vimeo. And then some unconventional methods that people may not either use or have never even heard of or thought about using, like, you know, searching through conferences or awards, for example. And I give you a few more. And then the final module will be more like software or tools that I like to use to keep things even more efficient. And the whole goal of the course is for people to feel more confident and to be able to, like the attributes we're, we're mentioning, be more efficient with their lead generation lead generation searching. So, you know, if, if you're starting out and you think to yourself, well, I need to find leads, but then you're trying to search and you feel like your search criteria is not efficient enough, you can tend to get frustrated. So my my goal with this course is to take the frustration out and instead make you feel confident and efficient in being able to know, okay, I found the person I want to contact, I found their email, and I can email them right now. So it's not like you've got to store everything up and you can do it right at the spot. I found them. I've got them. I'm going to send them something off immediately. Yes. Yes. I like that. There's there's that immediate reward that comes along with marketing. I think sometimes we've all bought lists. I've had people that work for me and will generate lists for me. And it's almost like a slog going through 200 and I've got to look them up again and, you know, try to customize it. And I feel like, oh, my gosh, this is so tedious. But this is kind of like immediately you're you're sending something off. You feel like you've accomplished something right away. Right. And I mean, for someone who, say, wants to be a lead generation and a lead generator and wants to put together that sheet that you're talking about, mm-hmm. it, it'll just make that search process that much more faster so they can Mm -hmm. fill up that sheet faster Mm -hmm. you know email marketing aside i know that's a that's a whole nother thing that we're like oh i have to get through these emails and yeah but i think you know finding the leads essentially instead of thinking i just wasted an hour and i only found five people Mm -hmm. and feeling like you've wasted that hour instead i'm hoping that with some of the methods here you have you can find you know 25 plus easily And just make it that much faster so you can find those leads. Or if you're focusing on, I just want to find 10 within this particular genre on LinkedIn, you can send them requests immediately, Mm -hmm. you know. So a few different methods, but ultimately it's just to sort of find the leads information and being able to reach out to them. How often do you go back to a list that say you created a year or two ago and you're still trying to reach out to that person? 
I've become a lot better with my CRM and let that sort of do the reminding for me. Mm-hmm. I use Nimble personally. So with the little, they have a little clock feature. So if the clock is red, then I know, oh, yeah, it's been a while since I've contacted them. I need to, I need to reach out again. I try to do quarterly at least if they are not already on my lists that I send out of, you know, oh, by the way, I'm heading over to One Voice Dallas. Uh, I'm not going to be available for these couple of days or I have my travel rig with me if you need me. You know, if that's already within that quarterly period that I wanted to reach out to them, Mm -hmm. then I might count that already. Or if I feel like I've already bothered them with that email, but maybe I want to try LinkedIn or I want to try social media, I'll do that instead. So I might be a little creative with the way to to stay in contact, but usually once a quarter if I can manage it. So um, you chose Nimble. What about Nimble attracted you to that CRM versus all the others out there? I'll be honest. It was because I saw someone else who offered a course on Nimble, and I'm like, great, I don't have to think about it. (laughs) So I followed (laughs) the course. Um, And they do have a lot of uh, YouTube tutorials that are pretty, pretty helpful. So that was that was my poll. But, you know, to each their own. Yeah. So it it gets a glowing recommendation because that's the one, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It's kind of the same way with a DAW, too. It's like if someone likes Audacity, then they're all in. If you like Audition or you like Pro Tools or whatever it is, you know, it's like, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the best because that's the one I know. I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I would love to explore other ones, too. But, I mean, that's that's more time or that's more energy. And, you know, each one is different. So, yeah, it's hard to know. I think the, the main point about a CRM is that you need one. So you can mm-hmm. find good points and bad points about any of them. Just pick one and stick with it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you could you could make a pros and cons list. For the ages, but if you don't start, you don't start. Mm-hmm. And it, the most frustrating thing with a CRM is inputting any info you already have. So if you've been trying to do everything on a Google Sheet, for example, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to ex- import that into your CRM, oof, that is the that is the toughest challenge to start. Yeah. But once you have it, then it 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 makes things a lot easier. It's worth it's worth the struggle at the beginning for sure. That's why you go to Upwork and hire someone to do it. Because it is tedious, Ooh, not, that's it. not fun work, that's yes. It. So, of <laughs> course, uh, established talent like yourself should be always generating leads and marketing on a regular basis. So if you're new to the industry and you're just starting out, at what point should you do you recommend talent start to generate leads and start marketing? I think for a new talent, as long as they have samples... You know, you don't have to have a demo yet to really start, I think. As long as you have good samples that accurately display your recording space, your recording space has been vetted by an audio professional, so an audio engineering expert of some sort, and you have some sort of portfolio, whether that is a website or a SoundCloud or, you know, what have you. I think if you have those three things you can start to reach out. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I, those samples really need to be clean and they really need to show good recording quality that you're in a sound-treated space mm-hmm. as well, you know, because that's, that's what you are presenting as your product. Yep. 
in addition, I think you also need to know what your voice fits, what what genre your voice fits. If you think as a new talent or you're just starting off in voiceover and, you know, oh, I really want to be in animation, but you find through, let's say, casting sites, for example, or, you know, a talent that somehow finds you through a recommendation through someone else, uh, a voice buyer that finds you through a recommendation from a, from a fellow voice talent, if you all of a sudden notice that you're booking a lot of corporate work, that's where your voice fits. Mm-hmm. So you need to know the niche of what your voice can can really blossom in. So you need to have those four things and you can start to reach out. You don't have to have a fancy schmancy, shiny new commercial demo, I think, in order to start. I think it's important if you want to have agency representation and get like higher end clients for sure. But even if you're just starting out, as long as you have good samples a well-treated space and some sort of portfolio and know kind of where your voice fits, then you can, let's say you can only focus on corporate leads for the first year. And then you've gotten really comfortable. You have a good amount of money that you could buy that shiny new commercial demo with a vetted producer. So, yeah, I think I think those four things are the most essential thing that new talent need. I would add this, that I don't know of anybody who markets too soon. Um, because most people, mm. I think, because we're more talent oriented and more, um, we're more about the performance in this business. Most people are kind of shy away from the marketing and are more gravitate to the other side. So like you said, yes. if you've got good samples, go ahead, market yourself. What can it hurt? If you right. do, if you Cause... do make a bad impression with someone, there is 10,000 other people out there. That's it. That's it. It's such a wide world. You know, you could only focus on, let's say, countries in the European Union. Yep. And maybe just focus on that entirely. But then all of a sudden you're getting so many leads from Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, you never you never know who's going to need you. Yeah. Although stay out of Europe because that's where I like to do most of my work. If you could. You know. <laughs> okay. That's, Got it. That's Got my it. area. Okay. Uh, other than that, <laughs> what other tactics or strategies do you like to use to market yourself? I'm a firm believer that social media is a very powerful tool. And I know social media can be a lot, and it's not exactly the healthiest you know, uh, usage platform that we can have in our lives. But I think if you focus on one or two and you really know how to present your brand market value know how to find your niche, sprinkle a little bit of that talent in and make it personalized to whatever target audience you're trying to reach. You have no idea who is seeing your content. And I don't mean that in a scary way. I mean that in a positive way. Because the way that you, even if you're talking about something that's not necessarily voiceover related, let's say you're talking about something that is relatable to all kinds of people who've ever gone to a concert or, or whatever, that you could have a client scrolling through, find that, see that you happen to be a voice actor, and they could potentially contact you. You could have your SEO in such a way on your website or in such a way on social media, which is essentially another large search engine. You've tagged yourself well on your YouTube videos, again, another large search engine. 
that they could find you and be able to to contact you. It's more of passive marketing, I would say, but I love using social media to my advantage. I, I had actually one of my first animation jobs. They found me through social media. That, you know, I, I asked them, I said, well, do you mind me asking how you found me? Oh, yeah, we saw one of your posts on Instagram and we knew we had to contact you. <laughs> so I think... It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to hire a social media brand specialist unless you want to. But I think if if you know who you are and, you know, you sprinkle a little bit of that talent in there, you never know who's going to be seeing what you are presenting and could be like, that's exactly who we need for our next project. Yeah. So I, I personally love social media. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, adding to your point, you never know who's going to be looking at your posts. So be careful what you post mm-hmm. also. But That is true. Yeah. Yes. Good advice. Maybe, maybe save the political stuff for, for <laughs> the, the, the dog or the cat exactly. in your booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what does the future of voiceover look, look like for you or for the rest of us? Uh, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly? Oof. I think, I think the talk of AI is warranted, but I don't think... The amount of fear that is present is something that we need to focus on. The human voice has been studied and marveled since the dawn of recorded history. You know, as as someone who, you know, in opera singing and everything, I, I'm, I did a lot of research and a lot of, you know, classes that I took on, on vocal history and, you know, how the human voice has been recorded and and marveled and everything that i think we we will never be able to replace the magic of the human voice even if it is ai i truly believe that i think what the future could be is that maybe jobs that are on the lower end or these lower budget jobs will definitely go to ai i think yeah that is going to happen but if if only to bring us that much more forward or to give us that little extra bit of edge of that luxury or that that little bit of heightened persona, heightened gravitas, what, what have you. All of us that are disciplined and committed to this career, we will be fine. I think it's the people who think they want to do this as a, as a hobby or they don't want to take this as seriously, they may have some struggles. But I think for us that are committed to this as a career, we are passionate about it, mm-hmm. we'll be fine. I, I don't think we have anything to worry about. And if anything, I think it's going to really bring in the idea of collaboration and the idea of that much more creativity rather than It'll force people to be more creative with their scripts. I think the days of the very boring, for lack of a better term, uh, let's say IVR or the very, very not exciting e-learning, you know, those days might start to be over. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not thinking anytime soon, but I think it'll force people to be more conversational, be more creative, make it more interactive and personal. We'll be fine. I don't think we have anything to worry about. But that's just me being an optimist. 
<laughs> so. Yeah, you make a good point. Uh, the one thing that the human voice will show with AI, it'll draw a distinction between the difference. Mm -hmm. If you stack up an AI next to a real human who's a, a real actor, there you'll hear the difference, definitely. Yes. There's, there's nuance, there's emotion, there's the little imperfections that AI cannot, cannot replicate. Yeah. That I think we're fine. Well, what's a good way for people to get a hold of you and find out more information? Sure. So if you want to email me, my email is Nadia at VoicesByNadia.com. And that is my website, VoicesByNadia.com. On any social media platform, you can find me at VoicesByNadia. And if you're interested in the Lead Generation Blueprint course, you can find that on BlueprintCourseWare.com. Excellent. Nadia, so good to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The VoiceOver Hustle with Steve O'Brien. If you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast.